and salutations, everyone. It's D'Angelo from Bald and Bingeable, and welcome to our special mini series, Sex, Love, and Butt Stuff Qualified and Unqualified Advice for People with Butt Questions and Confessions with Dr. Carlton and D'Angelo. AKA Sex, Love, and Butt Stuff Questions and Confessions. I'm Dr. Carlton, a Mayo Clinic trained board certified gastroenterologist. But you may have seen me on TikTok or Instagram giving butt stuff tips and spreading awareness on current LGBTQ health issues. Each show will be answering your questions and giving advice from a qualified. That's me. And unqualified, obviously me, perspective. If you have a question about sex, love, relationships, queer life, and butt stuff, we are here to help. And if you have a naughty confession, we're here for that as well. It's time for sex, love, and butt stuff, butt stuff. questions and confessions oh yeah oh, yeah hello everyone welcome to sex love and butt stuff i'm dr carlton the qualified one and i'm d'angelo the unqualified one and we're here to solve your problems okay maybe not all your problems while I am a board-certified gastroenterologist, we do encourage you to take the insight we give you here and explore further with your personal medical profession. Also, we're going to use adult language and talk very frankly about sex, butts, and life. This is your warning. Okay, so everybody, it's me, D'Angelo. I am here with Dr. Carlton. We are here to solve all of your problems. Okay. Maybe not all of your problems, but just like a few of them. And so we're going to do this without judgment. Um, we are going to do this with an open mind, open hearts, and hopefully open butts, but with some control. You know what I mean? So Dr. Carlton, we are, we, we took on this like little task here. So you've been doing these live shows all over the United States lately. And so, and I was like, there's this Impride Festival, Jesse Souffons, we'll get into that later, um, asked, you know, do you have anything that you want to do? And I was like, I need to talk to Dr. Carlton. We need to do something just to be on stage because talking about sex is usually funny because you get a little bit nervous and whatnot. This was just like, it was like a match made in heaven. I love you, Dr. Carlton. You're one of my favorite people. Thank you for like taking this little journey and like, you know, taking this on because it's, it's going to be a fun project here. So we're going to be over at the Impride Festival here in San Diego at the Diversionary Theater. Uh, and um, Dr. Carlton, tell us a little bit about the questions that you have been receiving. Oh, well, I'm telling you, uh, everybody loves to and ask things anonymously and just quite frankly, through my DMs on Instagram, uh, I get all kinds of questions. I get questions about um, prep, about uh, STIs. Oh, my God, what's this rash? Oh, my God, I'm bleeding. What do I do? Oh, it hurts. I can't get my hole to open. My boyfriend wants to top me and I'm, I'm nervous. I've never, I've never bottomed before, or I've never topped before. And I don't and know so what to do. We are now giving an outlet and for all these answers. And so, and we're going to do that here on this mini series. And we're going to do that also in real life. So this is just like a precursor to our live show. Our live show is going to be very audience interactive. We're going to encourage you guys to tell us your confessions. Let us know kind of what you've been doing. Um, you can do that anonymously. So we'll set it up uh, a whole way that you'll be able to share that. And then also we'll have an open mic out there so you guys can ask your questions and we can kind of get to the heart of the issue or the butt of the issue, whatever. Uh, um, we're going to talk about butts 
a lot. So that's like kind of like the whole thing here. No pun intended. Ha ha ha. <laughs> so yeah, we are going to be at the Diversionary Theater July 9th at 9 p.m. You guys can go to diversionary.org, click on the tickets tab in the upper right-hand corner and get a ticket for Impride on Saturday, July 9th. That one's going to cover you for all the shows that they have that are going on. So there's stuff before us, there's stuff after us. If you get a ticket for the whole festival, you guys can actually enjoy on the Friday night. Miriam T has some things going on uh i know that bj is going to be hosting which is jesse sufan and his musical improv partner so there's a lot of different things going on so this improv festival really has to do with like live comedy and improv and coming at it with from like an lgbtq perspective and so we'll we're going to have jesse on at a later episode but so we will talk to him about all of that but that's just kind of where we want to get you guys right now so when we talked about doing this little show here and it was all about questions and confessions because questions are like okay let's get serious about things and then the confessions are kind of like the tawdry things that we whisper or sometimes we don't even whisper we kind of like do it on our alt twitters and whatever else that everybody else has out there <laughs> this was like our little outlet for it so no judgments i may say ill but do not take that personally Take that as a <laughs> me loving on you and just like an L way. But <laughs> <laughs> we opened up our DMs and we opened up. So they have this new NGL app. I don't know if you guys have seen this lately. Uh, so it's like very up-to-date pop culture right now with the new apps that are out there but ngl is essentially you can ask people for their own comments questions whatever in a very anonymous way so we have opened up uh our own links and we have taken your questions and we've kind of like flooded this thing through so before we get into all of that i kind of want to get to know who dr carlton is because some of you guys may know who he is a lot of you guys do i mean this man is like you get you're over a quarter of a mil on TikTok. How crazy is that? I know. I keep looking every day and it just keeps going up. And I'm like, is this real? What's happening? Why are these people following me? It's so like it's it's so when we you were on my show, Bald and Bingeable, a while back, and you were like at 160,000 or something like that. And now you're like at 260 or something. Yeah. And two, so 265 this morning. Crazy. That's insane. Okay. So yeah. you are a gastroenterologist. Say it again for me, because I'm not going to say it right. Gastroenterologist. Gastroenterologist. You guys, we're going to say it. Gastroenterologist. Okay. Why? Why did you become a gastroenterologist? And what does it mean exactly? So a gastroenterologist is a doctor of the digestive tract. So we cover all digestive diseases, basically from hole to hole, from your mouth to your butthole. So we're talking esophagus problems, stomach problems small intestine problems, uh, pancreas, liver, gallbladder, um, and then obviously your large intestine, your colon, um, and rectum. So we, I do things like look for colon cancer, prevent colon cancer by taking off uh, polyps during colonoscopy. I look for stomach ulcers and stomach cancer, uh, all kinds of things when people are having problems with their gut or digestion, they come to me, I do these procedures. What really attracted me to that profession is it's kind of like playing video games. I have this uh, camera, we're all in a room, patients sedated and knocked out. I take a camera and actually go up and around someone's butt all the way around their colon, which is about five feet or down their mouth. Usually, you know, if I'm doing both at the same time, I promise I use the, the upper part first. So I don't mm. put you through, you know. <laughs> 
but anyway, so I, I take the camera and go down and look into the stomach for ulcers and stomach cancer. So it's like playing a video game just with really high stakes. Um, okay. And, and I was like, yeah, and I was a video gamer uh, as a kid. So it, it really kind of drew two things about me that I love science and, uh, and this sort of gaming situation. So were you like really good at doom? <laughs> like first player role game <laughs> I, I, I was really good at those early ones but i'm a little older so i was more more like uh the coleco vision sort of you know oh, goodness early nintendo sort of guy um, so he so is he is batting a ping pong ball through your arch <laughs> intestine you guys back and forth <laughs> basically so anyway i also realized that hey listen um a lot of people, you know, have problems with their guts. And as an adult gastroenterologist, I get to help people who are 18 all the way to 118 uh, with their system. And it, it's really shocking how many young people have problems with their digestive system, like irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. And then you put together the fact that as gay people, we use our digestive tract as our sexual organs. A lot of times, you know, we use our butt as our receptive uh, orifice, our, our mouths and our throats, you know, so that we, means we put things inside our butts, guys, like just right, exactly. Put, so, we put dicks, know, fingers, yeah, toys, tools, whatever. And, <laughs> and for me, uh, you know, seeing all these younger gay folks, when I was in training, that had issues with that and couldn't have sex so you know a poor guy with Crohn's disease and his rectum was really inflamed and he's a bottom and he can't have sex because because of this disease it made me want to do something about it to to help people so that's that's how I got to where I am as a GI doctor and I just happened to land at Mayo Clinic which is the best place in the entire world for gastrointestinal medicine um, I kind of fell into it. I, I grew up in South Carolina and I was doing a visiting rotation as a senior medical student. And for my uh, July rotation, I picked the coldest place I could possibly find in the United States. Uh, and that was Minnesota. So because <laughs> nice. Charleston was so hot. And then when I got there, I, I didn't I didn't even realize that Mayo was so you know world renowned for GI, but it's the best in the world. And I just I just put my claws into that place and really did my best and there's really not a whole lot to do in the cornfields of Minnesota other than study medicine. So I think that's why Mayo is probably so good. There's really nothing else to do to distract you. Um, mm -hmm. So I, uh, I, I worked really hard. They accepted me for a six year program there where not only did I do internal medicine, uh, but also a clinical pharmacology fellowship and a GI fellowship. Um, and just finished it all in six years and then got the hell out of there and moved to California where it's warm. Nice. And so you understand medications, you understand what's going on with the stomach, with the butt, with the, all the tubing that's basically in between. Right. So, um, and then you had this success, I mean, being, you're, you're a gay man who, I mean, so you have experience in the gay sex arena, I would assume. Oh, definitely. Yes. <laughs> okay. For sure. You know, I, you know, like I said, I am 50, so I've been around the block. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you He's know, 50, 50, <laughs> 50 years old. Um, and I can kick. But anyway, uh, so with, with all of that, I look back on my, my early childhood and realized, boy, in South Carolina, we really not, not only did we not get 
sex education, but we sure didn't get gay sex education. And I think across the country, even now, a lot of kids say, hey, I'm not getting sex education that, that suits me as a gay person or mm -hmm. a bi person or a trans person. So I really wanted to do my best to try to, uh, to bring those issues to light, bring the medical stigmas that hit our community to light, point out the errors that straight doctors often make when it comes to treating our conditions mm -hmm. and try to make uh, LGBTQ patients advocates for their own health. It is something to be said. So like, I, I think I, we live in a, I live in privilege because I live in San Diego and I live in a very metro area. So I was able to find um, gay doctors and gay friendly doctors and that sort of a thing really quickly. And so I know that you guys um, who are listening, some of you guys are from the middle of whatever state that you guys are in, or even some of the countries that things that we're going to talk about are even persecuted and those sorts of things. And so Dr. Mm -hmm. Carlson has had a pretty nice reach here. And then uh, I, on the opposite hand, you know, I'm the unqualified one. So my whole thing is, is that, you know, I'm a gay man. I've been around the block. I've been in a relationship for almost 14 years. Isn't that so like, I'm, I'm like 40 years old and I can't believe this is like the kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I have this kind of stats now in my life. Um, but you know, and I've also, I've done a lot in like gay nightlife, gay nightlife and queer, you know, living and that sort of a thing. And so um, I'm going to give you guys some of my perspective. And so Dr. Carlton is going to come at things, you know, from his gay man, gay cis, cis gay man, you know, but also a doctor perspective. And so, and I'm going to come at you from a, as a cis gay man of color, essentially. Um, but let's kind of get into some of these things that people have been giving us. So we have received some really fun questions and some confessions from our followers. So we're going to go through these. We aren't using names. We got these all off the NGL app. And so um, I'm just going to bounce around here and I'm going to ask Dr. Carlton some of these questions and I'm going to give my own like little kind of a uh, handle in some of this. Okay. So you mentioned here too that, uh, let me just see here. Let's start from the very, very beginning. I have this one that came into my inbox. I'm a bottom and I'm terrified of putting the dick inside my ass. There's no physical problem. It's more psychological. How can I help with this? Okay, Dr. Carlton. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that I talk to bot new bottoms about or people who've never bottomed before is how to make things happen so that there's that you eliminate that fear. Um, a lot of the fear is based in, oh my God, I'm afraid that it's going to hurt, or I'm afraid that I'm going to have an accident and it's going to be messy and I don't want to be embarrassed. Uh, so, you know, a lot of my platform is around how to prepare properly, um, both with diet and with uh, douching, and then how to make things relax, positions to start in, lubrication and all that sort of stuff. Um, so when I, when it comes to diet, I tell people, you know, lots of fiber, lots of fluids, fiber really helps, um, especially if pe people are having any issues with, with their clean out process, mm -hmm. fiber helps clean out the residue in your colon. So that the clean out process is dramatically reduced. I really wasn't that much of a believer in it until I tried it myself with fiber capsules and uh -huh. it really dramatically had a major effect on cutting the clean out time. Um, when it comes to doing it for the first time, you know, re relaxing and getting that mental block out of your head is really key. Um, you're not doing anything wrong. 
Um, so psychologically, this isn't a, a bad thing to do. It's not generally going to harm your health as long as you follow uh, guidelines and recommendations. Um, you know, I have my special technique called the butt clock where you open up your hole. Uh, so if you think of the anus as a circle of muscle, uh, like a clock, if you gently put in your finger about time two goes by so slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you stick your finger in a couple of inches and press over to three o'clock and hold it for about 30 seconds and I'm good firm pressure, but not where you're hurting yourself or your, your bottom, uh, and go around to the other the time areas like six o'clock, nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, uh, and hold it for about 30 seconds. That tiny little circle starts opening up because the internal anal sphincter is made out of smooth muscle. And the, really the only way to, to relax that is to directly stimulate it. Uh, other than poppers, poppers also uh, relax smooth muscle, but have their own consequences. So no doctor is going to recommend for you to use poppers, but that's how they work. They relax the smooth muscle in your butt so that it opens up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then starting on top, I think is really important. If you start on top, you can guide how fast something goes in you. So if you're not comfortable or you're scared, you're in if, control. If you're a control freak, it's really your position. Just get yeah. on top because then you guide exactly how far it is in, what angle it's going in, all right. those sorts of things. Exactly. Lots of good lube and reapply it um, and then push out a little as it goes in. A lot of people say that they've noticed that um, entry happens a lot more easily if you just push out like you're having a bowel movement just a little bit. Um, as it goes in, it opens things up a little bit better. It makes your whole go. Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one of those moments. One of the things, though, too, like, okay, mm -hmm. so this person, when they ask you, is that they're saying they're terrified of putting the dick in their side of their ass, but they said they're a bottom. And so it's just kind of like, I'm on the other side. Okay, so we're, you're getting into very, mm -hmm. like, the, the end of, you know, this is how we can get yourself there and how if you can take care of, like, the psychological things of, like, the insecurities that you have. But at the same time, like, are you a bottom? Like, are you, is there something that, is there a reason why you're saying I'm a bottom? Is it because maybe you're a smaller frame individual who, you know, you're, you're going to be a bottom because of that, because you don't feel like anybody, anybody wants you to top them, which is completely a misconception. Some people do like a short, like short muscle guys right now are really in vogue. Like it's really the trend right now that we're seeing happening. So, <laughs> but, um, but I just think that, you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, like, you know, I think kind of get to the root of like, okay, if you are identifying as a bottom and the thing is, and you're so afraid of taking dick, like what is going on there? And why are you making yourself be, be this, be a bottom, you know what I mean? So, um, it, maybe because you have a smaller dick, maybe you have a smaller appendage, that sort of a thing. And so I think on that end, it's just kind of getting into your head that, you know, also a smaller dick is good for a lot of guys. Like a Absolutely. lot of guys yeah. huge, huge, huge. You know what I mean? Some of us do, some of us don't. And so I think you'll, you'll have to match up with your perfect partner there. Right, exactly. The G spot's only a couple of inches in. So, you know, you don't have to have a massive dick to be able to please somebody. Absolutely. Okay. So let's move over to another question here. Okay. This one, let's get into a little bit of a medical question. So, and their question is, my question is, can you get HPV vaccine, even though you are positive? So this is somebody, an HIV positive individual, and they're asking whether or not they get HPV. So can you explain that a little bit? Well, there's a couple of things there. It could be if they're positive for HPV as well, or if they're HIV positive. 
for the HIV positive individual, I definitely recommend HPV vaccine because HIV and HPV in combination are a huge risk for people who bought them uh, for uh, developing anal cancer and precancerous uh, anal lesions. Is there a way, real quick, mm-hmm. is there a way to for men to now test for HPV? Because I remember there was an episode of Girls like years ago with mm-hmm. Lena Dunham, you know, and whatnot. And like, and they, you know, HPV was not able to be detected in men at that time. Is it now? Well, there are, there are ways to check, actually. You can do an anal pap smear, just like us, you know, people who have a cervix. I won't say women because they're trans men who still have a cervix. Um, but people with, with a cervix get, uh, cervical pap smears where they t- stick a little q-tip in swirl it around and then uh, s- spread it on a, a glass slide and a pathologist looks under the microscope to see if there's any uh, cellular tissue there so really i think anyone who's bottomed before at some point should have an anal pap smear to detect to see if they have hpv or to see if they have uh, precancerous uh, cells there uh, precancerous cells, there's a recent study out of UCSF that sh- called the Anchor Study that showed a dramatic reduction in anal cancer if these little abnormal areas are treated. Um, and anything we can do to not get butthole cancer is definitely high on my list. Um, you know, so the reason I think that HPV vaccine is so important, HPV is the, the virus that causes anal warts, um, genital warts, but it's a huge risk factor for cancer of the anus, of the cervix, of the throat, of the tongue. So uh, that risk, like I said earlier, is amplified if you're HIV positive. It's a three-shot series. It's generally was just given to little girls uh, originally to prevent cervical cancer. Then they kind of woke up and realized, well, hey, boys usually give it to the girls if they're having heterosexual sex. Um, And boys get HPV as well. Why don't we treat the boys? So it's offered to all young boys now. Um, then they increased the age to age 26 for getting the uh, HPV vaccine for both men and women. Now it's up to 45. Um, yeah, I saw far, that. Yeah, as far as as approval. So there's still hope for me because I feel so young when I hear that. They're right, like, exactly. Oh, for 45, and I'm like, I still have five years. I'm so young. You are. Yeah, I'm I'm past the age, so um, I I'm jealous. But uh, anyway, so you can actually pay for it out of pocket if you're over 45. Mm-hmm. But really. The reason the age limit is set is because most people have probably been exposed to HPV by the time uh, they're reached their forties. Yeah, if they've had a lot of sex. Um, so you know, anal cancer and HPV uh, re- relationship it goes up with the amount of sexual partners you've had, um, mm-hmm. and especially un- unprotected um, partners. If you so already, yeah, there's no hope for me. No, it's just like, no. <laughs> well, the other thing as well is H, the HPV, HPV vaccine covers the, the variants of HPV, the subtypes that cause cancer. Mm-hmm. So there, there are a few subtypes that cause cancer and it covers those types. So if, even if you're positive for HPV, if you don't have the precancerous subtypes, you can get this vaccine and prevent the precancerous subtype. So I'm a big fan of it. Um, I think also as well that people should be aware that um, even now when people have genital warts, some some doctors are, are giving the vaccine to try to help with treatment because they've seen some remarkable regression in, in HPV lesions in some people who get the vaccines. So it's really something that you should talk to your doctor about. Like it's definitely something like yeah. get it on their radar. This is 
next time you're going in for your routine. So um, um, if you are sexually active, and I know Dr. Carlton talks about this all the time. And so like, we're just going to breeze past it, but it's super important that you need to get checked where you play and you should mm -hmm. do that frequently. So you should be doing that like every three months, kind of do what the seasons change, if you, if you will, if you're not as promiscuous or active or social maybe twice a year but the thing is is and if you're on prep you should be getting these routine things done so not just checking your blood but also doing swabs and your ass your mouth anywhere you play you know you right. should be getting those things checked out and so when you are going in for those those kind of uh, appointments it really does behoove you to talk about these kind of things, these other vaccines and things. And so on gay men, I'm just going to throw in there, also talk about your monkeypox vaccines, and then also talk about your um, meningitis. So, cause there's pockets of that going around in like Florida. So that's like, we'll, we'll kind of get into that. Cause I know that we're going to have, we have other questions about those kind of things, but um, I'm going to swing us back around to another question that I just found interesting. Cause I never even thought about this. Um, but let's get into it. So and this must be somebody from California because obviously they're talking about Botox. Uh, if you get Botox for anal fissures, are they likely to reoccur with sex later? Okay, what's going on here? So an anal fissure, explain that once. Yeah, first. yeah. So basically, an anal fissure is a tear in the lining of your butthole. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, somebody goes in too fast, or you have a hard bowel movement that rips on the way out. Um, that's why I tell people to make sure that those first couple of minutes, you let a bottom relax. Cause if you just jam your dick into somebody's ass, you're going to tear them open and it can end them as far as their sex life for weeks, months, or even years. Um, but yes, there are, uh, smaller fissures that can uh, be healed with, with nothing. Some require, uh, nifedipine and, uh, uh nitroglycerin creams or ointments. Are they on the outside or inside? That's a question. It's it's the lining, so it's kind of right right as it goes from out to in. So you know, right that that whole anal, basically your hole, mm -hmm. you know, the lining of your hole. And like so, essentially, like if you're like looking at it, um, I believe I've seen this before, and it kind of like almost looks like you know when like your lips are dry and cracked. Yeah, like one split yeah. lip like it looks, looks like, like little, that yeah it looks like a little split or like a razor blade cut but on your whole guys not on your lips it's like on, yeah, your, yeah. Whole. <laughs> on your other lips i'm just kidding <laughs> um so uh so yeah so it's it's it feels like razor blades are coming out of you when you poop when you have a, an anal fissure uh very painful can bleed um when they don't respond to these conservative medications sometimes people have to go for more drastic things like surgery to allow healing to happen uh, Botox has been a newer um, treatment for these fissures because it's been found that it helps relax the, the sphincter tissue there so that the, the skin can heal a little bit. One of my uh, buddies on she Instagram, <laughs> yeah, I, you could do scrotox, but I don't know about whole tox. Um, oh. but, but, but with Botox uh, to the anal sphincter, it does wear off after about, you know, six three to six months, just like the, the stuff on your face does. So, but, 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 but. okay. So like Botox, like freezes, like, you know, freezes my forehead make sure I don't like have a, like a nice little wrinkle and that sort of thing. So that, yeah, that botulism is doing its work. But if you are um, doing Botox on your hold, can that make it so you can't hold it in? 
like yeah no usually not it's just it's just a little light stuff on the on the very inner lining it doesn't really affect the, the overall muscle too much so that's okay. why it allows you to keep your your continence so you're not pooping everywhere and you're also able to allow that that area to heal and there's there's been a dramatic improvement in people with fissures that have Botox injections. You need to let the fissure heal, obviously, first before you put any put anything back in there. Mm -hmm. um, people who have had fissures before are more likely to get another one in the future because sometimes there is a little scarring that happens with the healing. Mm -hmm. So you know, lots of lubrication, lots of patience. Use the butt clock to open up, um, uh, or use a dildo that is progressively larger. There's, I saw one the other day. It was amazing. It had a small head, and as you go down the shaft, it gets wider and wider and wider. So mm -hmm. as you stick it in you, it allows things to dilate open a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So it's kind of the same idea as the butt clock thing by um, that gradual dilation to allow something larger to come in there. Moves we slowly open up. And then so this question, actually, we have another one here that has to do with kind of a parallel. So I have fecal incontinence after fistula operation. And they say here in quotes, January 22nd, uh, is there a cure? My proctologist doesn't really tell me anything about this. Okay, so your proctologist is number one, um, a homophobe. So right. let's talk, no, <laughs> but maybe they are. I'm just or, saying that, or, like just being facetious. Or a communicator, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, but so um, not good with their bedside manner. It's not my doctor. Okay, and I did not ask this question because I did not have fistula. But anyways, uh, operation. But January 22nd is when this person did this. Is there a cure? Let's talk, tell them about this a little bit. So a fistula is basically an abnormal opening. It's, it's like a little hole that comes out next to your hole. So you can have leakage or seepage of actual stool through there or, or mucus or fluid through that little fistula. It's, a fistula is like a straw connection between one part of your gut to somewhere else. It could be from your small intestine to your skin or your colon to your skin or to, from your rectum to the skin around your anus. Um, so, uh, that's what a fistula is. And when you have surgery for it, sometimes they go in and put in these little, uh, strings called cetons that help the, the fill the hole and, and let it, uh, close off so that there's no leakage through that area again. So it really depends on what's leaking there. Is it the fluid from the, from the fistula that they're having a problem with, or did the surgery that, that, that the, that the proctologist did, did it actually damage your hole? So your, your, your sphincter is made out of external skeletal muscle, which is like stuff that you can control with your mind. You can clench and release like an anal, anal Kegel. Mm -hmm. The internal part of the sphincter is made out of uh, smooth muscle. So a lot of times when people have bad injuries in there to fix them, the, the doctors will have to actually go in and cut the muscle and, and do what's called a sphincterotomy to allow oh. for healing. So when you when you have that sometimes you lose the ability to close your hole off completely um and you can have leakage um you could also have um a really difficult time with bottoming later i had one guy who who had a bad anal uh, fissure had a sphincterotomy where they went in and cut the, the the lining of the hole and he hasn't been able to bottom since and he's was a, like a total bottom and it's like destroyed his life so these, these sorts of things, you need to have a, a, a conversation with your proctologist before you even do them about what your sex life is, what your expectations are, and what is the best thing for you to do in this situation to allow yourself to the greater chance to be able to bottom successfully in the future. 
So one of the things I do for people who have leakage down there is recommend fiber. Fiber bulks things up and cleans up all that residue so that things don't slip out so easily. Is so, fiber also like psyllium husk? Is that yeah, that yeah. Thing? So that yeah, like there, the there's all kind. One? Yeah, there, yeah, there's all kinds of fibers. So psyllium husk is the most common one. It's the generic one that you can buy anywhere, really. Um, there's also uh, chia seeds. Um, you can get metamucil, which is basically psyllium husk. The pure ferment that's out these days is a combination of psyllium husk, uh, aloe, and chia seeds. So there's all kinds of fiber. There's insoluble fibers and there's soluble fibers. Um, there, there's all kinds of different fibers that you can try if you are uh, not able to tolerate fiber capsules. So people get bloating and gas and just fart a lot with it. Um, so if that's you, then, then switch around your fiber brand or fiber type so that you can try to find one that helps you better. So really explore your fibers. And yes. So I've never even heard that. So I know like I was on like the pure for men train for like a moment when it first came out and then it was like, this is too expensive. Right. And then it was just like, there's like Metamucil out there. And then there's also other, like, just, right. you know, at Costco, you can go get like psyllium husk caplets and that sort of thing. Just right. make sure when you guys are ordering though, on Amazon, do not just order psyllium husk because the thing is sometimes it'll come as a powder. And then you're just like, what do I do with all this powder? And then everybody thinks it's cocaine. And it's like, okay, you sell it for like $50 a bag and you're all good. But <laughs> um yeah. let's go over i actually i googled fistula as well when you were talking about it and so it really is just kind of like your anus is there and then there's like a little port that basically comes it shoots off almost right. like a like a, like another root and then you have like an extra hole coming out of your ass essentially right and sometimes sometimes another surgery has to happen if there's really a, a problem with incontinence to try to help fix it but you know number one thing talk to your proctologist um, you know, have a conversation with them about what's happening, what they suggest and what you can do to fix it. Because, honey, we got to get your butthole working again. There you go. You got to get the butthole working. OK, so like whether or not you are having sex with it, you should have it working. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's part of the factory that should always remain open. OK, <laughs> so how far in advance of sex can slash should a bottom be cleaning out? You know, that's a that's a question that a lot of people ask that uh, really is dependent on a lot of factors, including uh, when you last ate, um, what you ate, uh, how fast your GI tract works. Some people, they have six or seven bowel movements a day, and that's normal for them. Some people have one every three days. So uh, the biggest thing is- Are no, these people that poop once every three days? And are they like angry? You, they, I would be after that, you know, that, that's, that's definitely a, 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 an interruption to the day for sure. Well, with these, uh, with these situations, I, I tell people there, there is a natural reflex our body has called the gastrocolic reflex. And you can kind of judge your own based on how you react to when you eat breakfast in the morning. For me, I have a cup of coffee. It hits my stomach within 15 minutes. I'm going to poop. Um, that's an example of the gastrocolic reflex. The gastrocolic reflex is, Congratulations. Where, <laughs> is where when something hits your stomach, there's a, a, a chemical signal sent to your intestines to start moving, start churning and start and make room for the food coming in by making your waste exit. So uh, and that coffee example is just one example of that. Uh, so I tell people don't starve yourself. Some people, some bottom the other day texted me, hey, uh, I have a, I had my first fuck date at four o'clock today as a bottom. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm not going to eat all day long. I'm like, 
dude, at four o'clock, you're going to be passing out from not eating all day. Don't starve yourself. Don't develop an eating disorder just because you want to bottom. Um, you think that's so like, okay, because like that trend, is it because there's also like a trend of like just this like marathon fucking like how many guys can you fuck coming, you know, well, the whole load collectors, that sort of thing. Well, you know, I think, in, like I said, this also depends on what your goal is and what's going to happen. If you're just going to get fucked, you only need the last eight inches, six to eight inches of your uh, GI tract cleaned out. Unless so, he's like really talented. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, or unless you're getting fisted or you're having deeper play or you're going to have 50 guys over to load you up. You know, those situations are situations where you're going to want to clean out well in advance, not eat anything and just be ready to go. But if it's just a simple fuck date, it's you know only going to be 15 minutes. You don't need to starve yourself for eight hours for 15 minutes of fucking. So, yeah. So basically, I tell people, don't eat within an hour. Start the clean out process based on how long it takes you to clean out. So if you have a top coming over in 30 minutes and it takes you 20 minutes, you know, do that. But if it takes you two hours, which it shouldn't take you two hours to clean out, you know, fiber, 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 fiber. <laughs> um, and then, then everybody's system is different. And a lot of guys with IBS have jumped all over me about telling people uh, all fiber works or, or an hour is all you need. For people with irritable bowel syndrome, it's a lot more of a chore. They have more diarrhea. They're going to the bathroom more frequently. Their stool is looser. So for those people, I say, avoid your triggers, like avoid dairy products, avoid certain foods that are going to make you poop. Um, start the clean out process about an hour before and take an emodium with it. I don't recommend emodium in general, but if you're someone who has chronic problems with diarrhea, emodium will slow things down and let you be able to uh, clean out enough and, and stay clean to be able to bottom. I just remember like also just seeing when I first started, um, bottoming like years ago and like seeing like the little things about how you should, how you're able to clean out and whatnot. Um, and so like you're saying, you know, like when you eat, it's going to trigger everything. And so the factory is now open and things are in production essentially. Right. You know? And so when something goes in your mouth and so um, I think the whole starving yourself is just absolutely crazy. But the thing is, is, but do maybe eat a little bit more carefully I, and my personal thing is just like, okay, so I'm not going to be eating tons of fried food today. I am not going to be going after, you know, lots of ketchup and sauces and all that kind of a thing. And so it's just, this is a sandwich day. This is a day where we're just right. like, where you just want to kind of eat, you know, just be, be more of a normal person and a normal person. What is that? What the fuck is that? But, um, but just kind of, just kind of gauge what you're putting inside of your body at that time. And then I think also like, um, just coming from uh, the perspective of somebody who like dances in front of people, you know, and you try to like, when I go, go dance and you try to be like your most provocative self at those times. Um, I'm not eating right before just because I don't feel like I feel a little bit sluggish, you know, sometimes after you eat or sometimes you kind of, you, you kind of feel a little bit, um, you know, your, your body's in production and you might be able to be a little bit gassy and that sort of a yeah, thing. And so, exactly. you know, my whole thing is, it's like eat, you know, but gauge out when you actually want to eat during your day. Cause you also don't want to have like low blood sugar and be trying to take dick because then you're, and then you're doing poppers and then you're passing out on somebody. Like, it's just, it's not going to work for you. Right. Um, 
and then just the whole cleaning out process is like how you're saying too is is that i think as you get older you start to realize like how far you need to go when you need to clean out i think yeah that, and that that really does come from like experience it and does so, yeah you know uh some people you know like um willem you know i've heard him you know drag queen that sort of thing i've heard him say that like when he cleans out he'll throw water in you know you counts to like 12 to 12 to 30 and then hold it for a moment you know hold, hold it for as long as you can and then go and, and and release but then also when you're holding that water in it is good to kind of like do a little back bend bend over touch your toes a little bit lean to the left lean to the right you know what i mean kind of do right. a little bit of a stretch routine because you want to knock everything loose and knock everything loose especially if you're going to be one for like a marathon fuck but if you're just going to be like okay let me just clean out because i'm just gonna you know have a fun hookup that is gonna maybe be like a half hour situation then like clean out get yourself to a comfortable place feel where you are and then go with it and then also it's just like when you kind of get that whole thing out of your head about oh my god i'm gonna make a mess i'm gonna be like you have to really remove that and you have to just understand that like sex is messy figuratively it is messy you know emotionally sometimes it is just one of those kind of things and so you do as much preparation yeah. as you can to guard yourself but things happen you know yeah the things things being shit happens yes, yes yeah absolutely that's, that's where it's supposed to come out it's a, na a natural thing you know there you go okay i'm gonna save this one for our next episode but i'm going to just kind of let's go into a little confessional situation this person says Okay, this is kind of hot. Okay, whatever. I love when my BF, my boyfriend, makes me come first to use my own load as lube when he fucks me. And then he put the little monkey emoji that's covering his eyes. <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> but, okay, I wish I, you guys can all see this too, because the thing is, when he wrote fucks me, he wrote F asterisk 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 yes okay so <laughs> and, and this is anonymous this is anonymous <laughs> he writes the word come so i love when my boy <laughs> makes me come first to use my lotus lube when he fucks me here's my thing about this person you can keep getting fucked after you come congratulations, congratulations. right right i'm like i'm done now <laughs> i need i need i need a moment i need a moment like it's one of those situations. Get it um, out of me. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And then this other person. Okay. This one is, is a little bit different. So my best hookup never even involved our dicks. We just took turns pinning the other to the floor and overstimulating each other's erogenous spots. Gave me back to back screaming in quotes, dry orgasms and had him screaming in ecstasy too. TLDR penetration is not the be all end all of sex. Mm, look at this. They didn't even care about your butt doctor status. They just told you care about your butt stuff. <laughs> right. They talking about ecstasy. It sounds like they were taking some. But that's Maybe. pretty that, that's that's that sound is sounds really hot. Yeah. Well, and the thing too about this is what's what's kind of cool is is that um there was some body communication going on here so like of like the most carnal type so the thing is is your body was saying okay i like this moment and the other person was fulfilling and not cutting you off of the pleasure that you were receiving so like um and i completely understand that so remember on friends mm -hmm. um you know there, there's the seven seven spots on the body when monica does the whole one two one two three two three say seven 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 like that whole thing yeah. <laughs> 
and so and then you kind of like think about it and you know like jennifer aniston which is like toes you know that kind of thing and so like do explore your other like sexual proclivities in the sense with you know with consent or even when you're by yourself you right. know to kind of see like okay do you like when the back of your ear is touched when the back of your thigh but behind your knees all those like little moments and yeah so this is yeah this is great i got a similar confession yesterday from one of my best friends he says he said you know i'm a top and i really hate it when i can't make my bottom come it makes me feel so inadequate when i come and they don't what can i do to make that happen and that's one of the things that i talk about first of all is you know, find their erogenous zones. There's more than their butthole and their dick to, to play with, you know, kiss their neck. Some people like their ass eaten. Some people like their toes sucked, you know, really get them worked up to that, to that point um, to be able to reach that. But another thing I told them is, Hey, listen, not every bottom wants to come. You know, a lot of bottoms goal is to make you come and not to come themselves. That's what that's their coming is that, that power that power to, to that power to make you come so don't get too caught up in it sometimes it's medication sometimes they just fuck somebody else and they can't come again sometimes they just don't want to come mm -hmm. so absolutely so i think it's just um that's very hot whoever wrote this in so thank you so much i am so glad you had a really nice dry orgasm <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This has been an episode of Sex, Love, and Butt Stuff, Questions and Confessions. So with Dr. Carlton and Angelo. So Dr. Carlton, where can they find you if they have questions and if they just want to follow and become part of the fandom that is Dr. Carlton? I'm on Instagram and on TikTok at Dr. Carlton, all spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-C-A-R-L-T-O-N. And my Twitter, I couldn't unfortunately get that name, so I had to put a little underscore between Dr. and Carlton. Well, there you go. And then I am D'Angelo. You guys can find me at D'Angelo Gogo on Instagram, Twitter, and all those other things. Listen to Bald and Bingeable. Find us on July 9th at 9 p.m. at the Diversionary Theater. Go to diversionary.org for tickets. And um, we will see you that evening. And if you have questions, please bring them along. You can either ask in person or anonymously. Other than that, thank you guys so much. And we will talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye.